Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You know, there are a hundred stories of the day. But I think one of the stories of the day that isn't getting talked about is what happened in San Francisco, where three progressive members of the school board got voted off with 75% of the vote on average because they weren't doing the job. This is a reminder to Hoosier parents that you're in charge. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. That's where you go. You can catch uh, the Morning Rumble. It's a video series I do every single Monday through Friday. Is there a reason we don't post that on WIBC? We can have it go there as well. I mean, I don't see why. We could do that. We should do that. We should absolutely do that. That's crazy that we don't. Let's get that get that done. Uh, Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. We'll get that done for you. But this story that these board members got voted out is a huge story, as is discussed, a clear message. The message is not that we are we don't like what's happening with our kids. The message is that parents are in charge, not school boards, not elected officials. They're elected by us. It should be an incredible, incredible bit of wow. There really are more of us than there are of them. There's this great conversation that I, I may have told the story before. Uh, there's there's a a movie from uh, Newt Gingrich, and uh, he he did he did a series of, of movies, and it was about uh, nine days that changed the world, and it was about Pope John Paul II visiting Poland. Of course, he was he was Polish. And he was going back to Poland, and it was during a time when Poland was occupied, of course, by the communists. It was all communism, and it was all evil, and it was all Soviet hellscape. And they couldn't stop the Pope from showing up, and of course they didn't want the Pope to show up. Religion? Outside of the state? That doesn't exist. I mean, think of, think of Bernie Sanders, and you'll realize exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the only thing that matters is government. So he shows up. And the Pope is holding a mass. Now, again, no religion, but what are they going to do? They can't stop the Pope. And there comes a moment where millions and millions of people are, are there to hear the Pope. And he stands up to, to start speaking, I mean, to whatever, whatever he's going to say. And the crowd starts cheering and applauding. And you've got to understand, millions of people. And they keep cheering and applauding. And instead of stopping them so he could do his thing, he waits. He allows them to continue to do this. And this goes on for, I think, 14 minutes. And people who were there, people who were there on the ground, discussed the fact that it was the first time they ever realized there were more of them than there were of the communists. That they could, they could do this. And so this, this visit is credited with the start of the downfall of the Soviet Union. The real start of the end. And you take a look at Pope John Paul II, Margaret Thatcher, the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, and Ronald Reagan. And you're like, this, this, this is the triumvirate that really did the job. Maybe to a less of a scope, maybe not. Let this story out of San Francisco have the same movement. Parents are in charge and there's more of us than there are of them. 
And the them are those people who believe that they are in charge. They're the ones who make the decision. They're the only ones who count. They're not. This is extremely important as we take a look at what the ACLU is doing right here in Indiana. The ACLU is holding a rally to protect Hoosier youth. It's not a rally to protect Hoosier youth. It's a rally to attack Hoosier youth, specifically Hoosier young women. And I'm saying this about the ACL directly. If they have an R- ACLU directly, if they have a, an issue with it, they can reach out. They're opposed. Is it House Bill 1041? I should have double-checked that. Or 1040, because they write it two different ways here. But it's the bill about transgender sports. And, of course, there's legislation right now to keep transgender children from participating. Meaning, if you're a boy who says you're a girl, you can't participate in girl sports. I, inf- I favor this for two important reasons. Number one, boys are not girls and girls are not boys. And girls have the right to compete against other girls. They have the right to train and compete on that level playing field. And boys are not girls. And it is an unfair advantage. Physical unfair advantage. It can't be denied. The people who deny that are liars. They're science deniers. They are flat earthers. And we should say so. Aggressively. The other part of this I oppose is that schools do not get to make this decision that we codify the idea that children can make this decision. Children cannot make this decision. They are kids. They are not adults. They cannot make this decision for themselves. They're simply not capable. And why in the world would we ever think it's okay for kids to make this decision? If kids can make this decision, we're giving children agency. They can control their medical decisions. They control this. What's the parent for? The parent doesn't decide what's best for the child. The parent doesn't protect the child. No. According to uh, the ACLU, the parent's job is to make babies and get out of the way. They're not even parents. They're just, they're just baby-making vessels. That's all they are. Their job is to create little taxpayers. That's all. The ACLU, in their statement from Katie Blair, who is uh, the advocacy and public policy director for the ACLU of Indiana, says uh, that this bill, quote, discriminates against trans girls by outright excluding them from school sports. This is untrue. She says whether it's in the classroom or on the field, it's clear Indiana legislators are determined to exclude vulnerable students and erase the lived experiences of marginalized communities. Again, not true. You, the ACLU, want to marginalize and erase these young girls in sports who want to compete. You're saying that they don't matter, that they have to accept the choices other people make. If a boy chooses to be a girl, which I don't understand, but I don't have to understand it, that's not the point. Or I should say a man chooses to be a woman because a boy can't choose. That's my, my point. Children cannot make this choice. I didn't say you have to be mean you have to, or have to be rude. I don't believe in any of that. There, there's maybe a lot of issues there and a lot of mental issues there and a lot of love that has to be given. And I'm not saying not to. I'm saying do it. But you're saying that these young girls now have to accept the fact that these boys have made a decision. And they don't have to. They don't have to live with the decision these boys make. They're able to compete and should be able to compete at their highest level. And I favor this every single step of the way. And I oppose with everything in me the idea that we would tell these girls too bad. So they're going to rally in favor of telling girls suffer 
Telling girls they don't count? Marginalizing young girls? No. 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 There's more of us than there are of them. And who are them? People who are advocating for the abuse of kids and for the separation of parents from their children. And we should say no. And we should take a lot of lesson and a lot of heart in what we're seeing from San Francisco. Can you imagine that got said out loud in Indiana? That got said. We should take heart from what's happening in San Francisco. These people have shown you that when they call you racist and when they call you bigoted and when they call you this, that, and the other, and that you don't care about children, none of that is true. It is they who do not care about children. They care about their ideology. This goes along with something else that happened. This is a teacher in Florida who is clearly not only advocating for transgender students, but is doing what he can to ensure uh, they can go about making these decisions. Listen. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that, because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are first things first trans students you're not superheroes just just saying you're, you're students okay you're just people and you're not more special than anybody else in the school and nobody has to accept you you have to accept you you have to find your happiness. You are in charge of you. The rest of the school doesn't have to do anything. I didn't say anybody is allowed to hurt you, but they don't have to accept you. You have to accept you. This is true of all students, regardless of their issue, regardless of their thinking, regardless of their feelings, regardless of anything. You have to accept you. And if there are things about you you want to change, well, that's a conversation. I don't know how you change your gender. You can make a claim that you're a girl, but you're not. And I wish more people were honest with you. But here's a teacher who gives kids a closet to change their clothes in. You mean we've got middle school and high school students changing their clothes, not in a locker room, but in a classroom? This is, this is a fetish. This is ugly from this teacher. This is a teacher who needs to get fired and thrown in jail for allowing uh, th this, this kind of thing. First of all, undressing in, in closets. Can we, can we just, for a moment, <laughs> engage that? But it's about purposefully lying to parents. It's about purposefully excluding parents. It's about deceiving parents. And anybody who favors deceiving parents cannot be entrusted with our kids' education. They simply aren't good enough. And we should be more vocal about it. We should stand up stronger to it. When they say you're hurting these children, they don't give a damn about young girls. Stand up for them. When they say you're being exclusionary and bigoted, tell them they're the bigots because they are and stand up for kids. Stand up for your right as a parent. I didn't say hurt these kids. These kids need help and they need our love and they need uh, to, to know that they're not bad people. 
But when they think because they make a decision that other kids have to suffer, well, that's turning them into bad people. That's adults doing that to children. That's abusive. Me, I won't, I won't stand for it. And I don't think you should either. We got other subjects, inflation being one of them. Some senators spoke today. I've got that for you. Keep it here on Tony Katz. I got four red bottoms up in flames at my place now. So senators gathered on Capitol Hill today to talk about inflation. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. You, you see the numbers. Now, it's interesting. Retail sales surged 3.8%. In January, which is more than they expected. It was the 2.1 estimate uh, that, that they had. But sporting goods, gasoline sales declined. Online shopping and furniture sales went up. But that number also reflects the rise of inflation. People are paying more for the goods. So some senators getting together, engaging this conversation, because this is a front and center conversation for all Americans, especially small business owners all across Indiana. Senator John Thune, South Dakota, talking about it. 7.5%. In fact, that's a $3,500 additional cost to the average family in this country just in this last year. It's a $3,500 tax increase on the American families. And who does that hurt the most? It hurts lower income families, middle income families who are struggling to make ends meet. Uh, I'm glad that the Democrats are filing, finally coming to the conclusion that this is an issue uh, that needs to be addressed. But it's, uh, they missed the boat a long time ago, starting with the vote last March to increase spending by $2 trillion, which led this inflationary um, crisis that we're in and their solution to it yes is to double down and to spend another five trillion dollars flood the zone with even more money have more dollars chasing fewer goods and see inflation continue to spike so this needs to be stopped it affects everybody i can tell you right now south dakota farmers get ready to plant they're looking at higher seed costs higher fertilizer costs higher equipment costs higher fuel costs uh, it affects everybody this is a tax on every single american paid by every single American, but experienced the most in terms of the harshest impact on those middle and lower income Americans who are struggling just to be able to pay the, pay the bills and make ends meet. And what does this mean for them? It means a pay cut. Because even though they may have gotten a pay increase last year, they have a 7.5% now increase in the cost of everything they purchase, a $3,500 tax, meaning that they are taking home less money this year than they were last year. Senator Grassley. And he's right before Chuck Grassley talks. He's, he's absolutely right. And everybody knows it. And when I hear uh, Democrats, it was the weirdest thing from the Democratic Party of Indiana. What is the Indiana GOP doing about inflation? Nothing. Your guy is president. You have control of the House. You have control of the Senate. What is the Indiana Republican Party doing about inflation? Well, I'll tell you what they're not doing, cutting taxes. They should be cutting taxes everywhere. Make it easier on Hoosiers. How about that as an answer? But you'd be opposed to that Indiana Democratic Party. Flailing. You can argue COVID's role in this. You cannot argue the idea of consumer confidence and the lack of confidence that is had in this administration. You can't argue the rising gas prices and the answer is releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. You've got so-called experts saying that the gas-producing countries have to produce more gas or produce more oil. 
That we want our argument is Russia should give us more oil while we're threatening them on the other side. Our the answer to this is uh, reliance on OPEC. And you think the the Indiana Republican Party is the problem? Holy cow! Holy cow! That is saying something. That is saying an absolute ton. They don't have any way out of this debacle. And it further lowers the consumer confidence. And therefore, these things keep going. They keep building. They keep growing. That's our issue. So uh, Chuck Grassley is up there. That's Senator. Uh, so his unfortunate name, Senator Crapo of, of Idaho. Oh, that's an unfortunate name. Come on, it is. You know it. And, and, and I know it. Let's take it to, I think Senator Grassley's finishing up, but let's see what else he has to say. And he's led the way on that because only the bully Paul can bring confidence to the uh, economy the way that uh, the 100 members of Congress can't. Uh, now, now I, I didn't plan that. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that just queued up. I just went back to him as he was doing it. I'm, I'm cutting in and out of the thing. Come on. Of course it's about consumer confidence. Of course it's about people feeling good about the country. You didn't like Trump, uh, his tweets? I don't care. The country felt confident with Donald Trump in the White House. They felt like business could grow and thrive. They felt invincible, and they don't feel that way now. They feel anything but that. They feel like they just don't have anywhere to move and maneuver. They feel like all is lost. So much of, of where the economy is is based on how we feel things are going. There is a feeling in Indiana that things are going well. We're bringing in businesses. We're bringing in opportunity. And it makes people feel like everything is possible. Now, you create the right climate. You, you, business climate, whether taxation, certainly regulation should be a part of that and, and lowering regulation. You create that right climate and you create opportunity. But the opportunity creates a feel and it betters the opportunities. You're not getting that from the Biden administration. And they've lost any ability to make the country feel good about it. Even the whole thing about masks. The removal of masks in schools, as you're seeing it everywhere, and you're seeing whole countries open up. Yet we still have a CDC that says, oh, it's too early. People are moving for the political reasons, not for science reasons, because if they had done it by the science, we wouldn't be in, the, in this mask insanity to begin with. Confidence is everything, and no one has it in Biden or this team. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Forty and two hundred seventy-six. Those are really the only numbers you need to know. I'll come back to those. Seven percent food inflation. That hurts people uh, on on fixed incomes in particular. Forty percent year-on-year increase in in gas prices. We're looking at a dollar additionally uh, per gallon at the pump in the state of Indiana year-on-year. Uh, electric costs, roughly 11% increase. Once again, this hurts people on fixed incomes. This, this hurts uh, manufacturing workers disproportionately. But really, the headline figures that all of you should take away is 40 and 276. 40 years. It's a 40-year high in uh, our, our price inflation. And 276 
an additional expenditure for regular working families. That's the average amount that Hoosier families and other American families um, are having to pay on account of policy decisions. These are policy decisions. This didn't happen organically. This isn't uh, a function of economic cycles. This is government policy to spend trillions of dollars when the economy was already opening up. Now, is, is this a, a gotcha thing that uh, you've got a Republican up here and, and calling out a Democratic president on? No. I sat in the Oval Office with other Republican members of the United States Senate back in, in February and I pleaded with the administration not to spend so much of our money on things we don't need at a time that the economy was already opening up. They didn't listen, and here we are. I've pleaded with the administration time and time again to deregulate, not to increase regulation. They, they for example, proposed doubling the cost of childcare and then subsidizing the doubled cost of childcare. It's absolutely preposterous. And perhaps the easiest and, and most obvious way that we could reduce uh, the pinch that regular Americans are feeling from price inflation is to lean into free trade. There are still things that this country needs to trade, but this administration has not even requested pr trade promotion authority, which allows us to sell our, our food and fiber, our manufactured goods into foreign markets and, and to bring in those cheap things that we don't make here or don't make here at an affordable cost. The administration, instead, they've doubled down on, on their tax and spend, big government agenda. My constituents are really upset. I'll continue to advocate for smart policies as opposed to these ill-advised policies uh, because uh, this is having a real impact on rank-and-file Americans, and it has to stop. So that's Senator Todd Young as they continue that conversation on inflation. I wanted to, to share it with you. The... The issue is as clear as the nose on your face. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. The issue is that the administration doesn't have a clue. But business owners have a clue. Business owners understand what's going on, but they're not the only ones. Politicos understand what's going on as well. Kathleen Rice is a congresswoman out of New York, and she is not running for re-election. She is a Democrat. She is the 30th Democrat not to run for re-election. And if you say to me, well, she just decided not to run, okay. If you say that's the reason, whatever you want to say. She's not running because there is no winning and being in the minority is not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's, it's a hard, painful slog. And Democrats are going to get their butts kicked. Going to get their butts kicked. I don't think anybody else is, I don't think anybody's really saying it goes the other way. Now, I, I understand what the Democratic Party is going to do. They're going to try and win the midterms by saying the, the, the following word. Abortion. That's going to be their rallying cry. That's going to be their call to trying to get Democrats on board and showing up and getting suburban soccer moms showing up. Abortion. That's going to be the conversation. A after all, what else do they have? What else could they possibly 
possibly go to. If you allow Republicans to get control of the Senate, you won't be able to get qualified nominees to the bench. Stephen Breyer, was it two weeks ago or is it three weeks ago now, that Stephen Breyer, Supreme Court Justice, announced his retirement, or his retirement was announced for him by the White House, however you want to say it. We still don't have a nominee. We know it's going to be a black woman. You've already told us it's going to be a black woman. We, we, we hear you. Are you telling me you don't already have this ready to go? Can I ask what level of dysfunction is taking place that they don't have this? All presidents, all administrations, from the moment they get sworn in, no, 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 before that, have a short list, ready to go. And they've got a team that works that list every single day. Decisions that came out, measuring the temperature of of the American public, seeing what the political landscape is, doing all these things. Of course, there's politics at play. Nobody is saying otherwise. Of course, of course, of course, of course, there are politics at play. And then you say, all right, we're pulling the trigger. We think that there's a reason this person would be best. We think this person's easiest in the confirmation. We think this, we think that, we think the other. We've done some testing, we've done some polling, we've done some asking, we've done some looking. This administration doesn't have it yet. I do, notice I didn't bring this up last week. I'm bringing it up now. It's a little weird. It's a little weird that they don't have this together. Because the administration doesn't actually have anything together. Again, going back to the idea of consumer confidence. If you want a great example of where the consumer confidence is, wouldn't you argue that members of Congress are consumers? Consumers of their party and what their party brand does to them or for them. And right now they don't see it. They don't see Republicans uh, retired uh, for, for 2020. See the writing on the wall. Didn't want to be a part of it. Didn't want to be connected to Trump. There's a lot of possible reasons. Some had no problem being connected uh, to Trump whatsoever, and I don't think being connected to Trump is a thing that got somebody not elected. I, I just I haven't seen where that data, and it could exist. I just haven't seen where that data is 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 prevalent. Where that data is this irrefutable. See, if you're supported by Trump, if you connect to Trump, everything's over. If that's the case, explain Herschel Walker in Georgia. Well, it's Herschel Walker in Georgia, and the man's a bit of a legend. Yeah, he may be a a bit of a legend. But if Trump is so toxic, why would he risk it? And the answer is he's not risking anything. Trump is less detrimental than people want to claim. And Joe Biden is more detrimental than the political left and media is willing to admit. That's where we're at. I mean, that's, that's the reality of, of the situation. I think to say otherwise uh, would, would be, well, just, just to lie to yourself. And I don't think you should, you should lie to yourself. Found this story over Fox Business that four out of five shoppers overpaid for their car in January. I was talking about this earlier. I, lo- I love this story. Damn straight. You know, this goes back to, I've been asking this question, what would you invest in in an inflationary economy? I have come to the uh, conclusion that, uh, hold, don't do anything different. This is where I think I have to be. But I, I do, I've been looking at cars, like, do you, do you invest in, 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 a, in, a, um, in an asset, right? 
Do you invest in an asset? Do you say, hey, uh, this is where I'm going to put my money and therefore the value of this is going up because cars are going up all over the place. And we have heard, of course, about car dealers saying, oh, you want this car? It's $20,000 over asking. It's $20,000 over sticker. That's where it is. That's where it's at. So one study from uh, Edmonds, right, the car people, found that 82.2% of new car buyers paid over the MSRP in January, up from 0.3% in January of 2020. That number is amazing. And everyone's like, yep, just needed the car. Just needed the car. And that's why I, I will admit that although I, I'm, I'm a guy who's going to hold, I'm keeping my eyes open. Like I'm, I'm on the Facebook marketplace. I'm like, all right, I'll grab it. I'll grab it. Like I'm going to get 10 of them. I ain't that flush with cash. I'm not producer Ari, guys. Hey, hey. I, I, I can't do that. But I'm, I'm paying attention. And if you're doing it, if you're doing that, can you let me know how it's going for you and what things you look for? I'd greatly appreciate it. Tony at TonyCats.com. Shoot me an email. More to get to. Keep it here. So has it been decided that the Colts are definitely getting rid of Carson Wentz? Right. I mean, so so that's the um, that's the uh, conventional wisdom, right? That that Carson Wentz, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, is 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 done and 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 finished here. And I, is he going to get traded or is he going to get released? I mean, if anyone will take him, they'll trade him. But I doubt it. I so here here's where I I have have confusion. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Carson Wentz was one win away from not having this conversation. Just go to the playoffs and this conversation isn't happening. They could have still gotten rid of him, but this doesn't happen. If they had gone to the playoffs, no way. So the argument is whether or not Carson Wentz is a guy who can get you where you want to be, which is AFC Championship game and Super Bowl, right? Get you competing to that level. Frank Reich, the coach, coached him uh, when he was in, in Philadelphia, clearly believed enough in him to bring him over because it, it had to have been a, a, a question. It had to have been a serious question. Believed in him enough to bring him over. I don't think it was, well, there's not much else out there, although there could have been not much else out there. I don't really remember at the time. He lost games he should not have lost. I agree. But is this Carson Wentz can't play at the level? Or is this Carson Wentz scapegoat? Uh, he's just, I'd say scapegoat. He kind of wore out his welcome, I'd say. Because he didn't get vaccinated? No, because they didn't make the playoffs and he made one too many mistakes on the field. One year and he wore out his welcome. There's something in that that just... They gave up a first-round pick for him, too. So that, like, had they made the playoffs, they would still have a first-round pick. So now that they don't, they're like, man, we lost, we didn't make the playoffs, and now we lost a first-round pick for this dude? So that's, that's about making a bad deal. Now you have to take a look to the future. The future Sam Ellinger? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not anti-Sam Ellinger. I just want to be perfectly clear. Not at all. I, I, I kind of dig him. Um, but but I, I, 
I'm saying that you're going to have to put somebody under center that first Sunday. So you take a look. The draft class hasn't shown me um, uh, that it's 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 something that we you really got to get excited about. And the Colts don't have a pick. When the Colts they don't have a first round pick, do they? No, sir. The Colts don't need uh, the the Colts don't have it, so they're not going to be able to get it. So they got to trade for it. So you got to do something. So. You see, you see the issue. You pray that you can get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Kyler Murray. Okay, now I've heard the Kyler Murray conversation, so let's break it down into its three component parts, if we can. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay; Russell Wilson, Seattle; Kyler Murray, uh, Arizona. Arizona Cardinals. If I was somebody who was taking a look long term. Don't I think that the proper order for that is Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers? Long term, absolutely. Like that's that's the way it should be looked at. If the Colts could figure out a trade for Kyler Murray, I think Colts fans would go nuts. They is there, w- yeah, for sure. Is there something uh, about Kyler Murray that uh we should be like, ooh, I don't know. Because I wasn't quite sure what was going on uh, aggressively uh, with with him that there's this anger. Why is there an anger with Murray and, and the Colts? I mean, I mean with, with, the, with the Cardinals. Uh, there are reports within the Cardinals organization that Kyler Murray is very immature, very scapegoaty in terms of blaming other players, not being a great leader, but it's all just rumors. Yeah, the, there's a bunch of reporting on that, including uh, over over at USA uh, Today. That's a serious issue. That's a serious, serious issue. If that if that's if that's a problem, right? Because you need your quarterback to be that guy. Now, not maybe not every team does. You go back to the Baltimore Ravens in the days of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Uh, Trent Dilfer did not need to be the leader. He just needed to not die. That's all he needed to do. So we there there is leadership on this team. Whether Jonathan Taylor has that leadership uh, capability, um, uh, you you've got Darius uh, Leonard there on the on the defensive side of the ball. You 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 do have more leaders on the defensive side of the ball. If Jack Doyle comes back, is he coming back? Huh? You know he can. So maybe he can get some some help there in that regard. But you've got the longer term upside. Aaron Rodgers, of course. Of course you'd want him. Of, it's such an easy drive from Green Bay to Indy. Ah! Boom, Bob. It's like two roads. Done. You're all set. You bring some brats with you. You're good to go. And it, uh, But it's, it's, it's got like, like vibes of Phillip Rivers all over again. This is where you're just going for your last hurrah, get a couple bucks, and you're gone? I don't want that. I would have rather had Phillip Rivers back. I most definitely would have rather had Philip Rivers back. I'm not anti Aaron Rodgers, just so we're clear. The Russell Wilson one is actually the one that most intrigues me. Because he's won a Super Bowl, he's lost a Super Bowl, he can play, he can throw, maybe he can't move as well as he used to. But he can still do. Is there something about our offense, something about our team that, that works for Russell Wilson? Right, because it's got to be about more than money. Can he fit into a system? Is he somebody who can has ever had a leadership issue? I mean, this is a guy who dealt with Pete Carroll for years. 
If you can deal with Pete Carroll, you can do anything. Because that guy is impossible. I'm curious. I'm very curious because I'm I'm less of I'm not a hater of Carson Wentz. I'm just not. But I can appreciate the idea that he doesn't provide you any you don't think he can provide you any value and you think that the fan base uh and never mind players might just very well be in full on revolt if that takes place. This is interesting. I think the Colts offer the most intrigue of of, of any team this year when it comes to how they're going to make things happen especially with the the glaring needs and the inability to move they're hurt by by picks they're hurt by cap space gonna be very very interesting we'll follow it facebook tony cats radio rumble.com slash tony cats tomorrow everyone take care